kind of just happened upon this bigger bill by chance while looking through what bills were going through the session right now. And what sort of stuck out to me when I found SB 198 was that it was split pretty much down the aisle in a three to one vote, Republicans to Democrats. And with an environmental bill, that's always kind of a red flag. So I started digging into what other news outlets were writing about the bill. uh, And I found that there were a lot of op-eds just about that this bill wasn't good from a research or from an environmentalist perspective. So I started paying a lot more attention to this bill and sort of followed it through the legislature. And something that that happened that sort of surprised me was how cut down the bill became and news coverage just sort of dropped off with it. Sections of the bill got merged into another bill and most of the language about seagrass mitigation and about development on seagrasses sort of got cut from the language. This was the main crux of the bill and the main thing that was sort of inflaming environmentalists was that this bill was going to allow development on these protected habitats that manatees and other species feed on. Manatees having one of the highest death counts last year that we've ever seen are in and out of the headlines a lot lately. And so this sort of became just the next step in that story of telling what's going on with manatees and how are we going to feed manatees while legislation is going through the state that could limit the natural food that that these animals already have. So the story just sort of turned into how this bill kind of died out and what the opposition had to say, but also just what was going on in the legislative process and what did the language of the bill sort of evolve into. And can you take me through your reporting process and some of the information that you learned? A big help on this story was talking to David Cullen, who is the lobbyist for Sierra Club Florida. He just watching and going through a lot of the bills that I was interested in this session. David was there at most of them. He'd stand up and uh, and talk about the environmentalist argument for a lot of the legislation that was that was moving through. And so I spoke with David just sort of about where the bill was at the current moment, which was about a couple of weeks ago, and what the future of it was. Uh, and it didn't look good. From there, I got in touch with Peter Clark, uh, who's the founder of the Tampa Bay Watch nonprofit. And Peter had worked in the Bay Area since I think the 1990s, just on water quality issues, but they had hence moved into seagrass mitigation, actually, and were hired by the city of St. Pete to restore some of Tampa's seagrass areas. And they'd found a lot of success there. So Peter was sort of someone in the middle who knew how seagrass mitigation worked, but wasn't sure that this bill was the solution to the seagrass problem that we're having and the manatee die-off problem that we're having. Peter had a very middle ground stance in that development in Florida is important and we need to develop, but that is something that can come alongside protecting the natural environment. So he was really good about towing that line because he's been in the field for for so many years and it actually worked with seagrass. So I actually got to go out there and see some of the water filtration work that they were doing. I almost got out to go on a boat, but they just left by the time I made it there. (laughs) But it was a nice day, so it was too bad. (laughs) From there, I sort of just tried to get in touch with those who voted on the bill with not too much luck. Um, But I did end up corresponding with Charlie Chris via email, which was interesting because something, the thing about talking with Charlie Chris that I think is important to the story is that we've seen this bill in Florida before. And this is something that Chris, when he was a governor, actually vetoed. It made it through the House and the Senate, was sitting on his desk, and he said, no, this is not something that we need to do in Florida. So talking to him while he's running again for governor as a Democrat this time was really interesting because his opinion on this really hadn't changed much. And is there any more background information about this topic that you feel people should know about? Something that I found that was interesting is that people in 
the mitigation banking business didn't even want this bill, or some of them didn't at least. I spoke to Victoria Colangelo, uh, who's a mitigation bank sales broker. She's sort of the middleman between mitigation banks and those working on the projects. So she's worked for 15 years in wetland mitigation banking, and she was in favor of seagrass mitigation banking, this bill that was going through the legislature. But it also caused a lot of concern for her because she was worried about this mitigation banking bill because using public lands to her was a conflict of interest. The land that was purchased with taxpayers' money and under the protection of the state, uh, she didn't agree should be open to development like it was going to be. I think Peter Clark, who I just talked about, called opening up these state lands like the wild, wild west for seagrass mitigation banks. And while Victoria was sure that there wouldn't be any net loss in these seagrass banks and that they'd work, she wasn't sold on the idea that these were going to be public lands as opposed to private projects. And she had said that this bill had previously been a pipe dream, but was sort of getting closer to a reality. And I think it's just important that this is a topic that's been talked about for the past decade or so, but it doesn't seem that Florida has figured out a way to do it yet. And I talked to a bunch of researchers who, on speaking about the bill, had said that they hope that if this is going to be seriously considered, that they'd like to see researchers involved and some sort of research task force. So the basis of the story is that this is sort of a touchy bill that nobody is really sure will work. But if it's going to be given a shot, it should be well vetted and should have a team of, of researchers to sort of back is what I got from most everyone who spoke on this. And for those who may not know, can you describe what seagrass mitigation banks are? Seagrass mitigation banks don't exactly exist. <laughs> this bill would allow them to exist, but they're based on the idea of mitigation banking, which is done in, in Florida's wetlands. Um, so the way that that process works is that a company wants to develop on wetlands, or maybe a city wants to develop on wetlands, they have to fund and pay for restoration in another area in the same ecosystem. So it's sort of building on one area that is of land that is preserved or maybe sensitive, but taking what you took out of the area and putting it back in somewhere else. So the idea with that with seagrass would be Maybe someone wants to build a dock on state-owned seagrass beds because it's right outside their property on the water. This would allow people to go ahead with that construction as long as money was put into restoration somewhere else along the line. And one researcher told me that where seagrass is growing now um, is sort of where it's going to grow because it, it, it only grows in, in water, in places where the water quality is able to support it. And in places where it doesn't, it just doesn't. Um, and so finding a large area where seagrass can grow, but isn't already might be a little tough to do. And since your work was published today on March 2nd, have you noticed any reactions or updates that you feel people should know about? I really don't have any updates. But I actually got an email from a reader and he was asking what these development projects would look like because the story didn't really address that. But something to note is that these would be mostly small projects like docks or maybe expansions um, in port cities. So nobody's going to be out there building giant houses on, on seagrass beds. That's, that's not what this looks like. If seagrass mitigation were to happen, it would, it would start with these small projects. And I think that's something that might have been overlooked. Is there anything else you'd like to add or feel people should know about? Just that this is an issue that Florida has been talking about for over a decade. Again, I don't see it really going anywhere. Just because it didn't pass the legislature this time, there's a quote at the end of the story where 
Peter said, this is something that Florida will take a step back and sort of evaluate to see whether it's good for us. So I think that's what's going to end up happening with this not passing.